You're listening to a podcast from the University of Warwick. This series was produced as part of the conference All Together Now, British Theatre After Multiculturalism. The conference was organised in collaboration with the British Theatre Consortium. In this episode, we hear from playwright Howard Brenton, speaking as part of the panel discussion, A National Narrative. You do write with a social purpose. But I think that it's often accidental that you express something nationally. I've really written plays which have attempted to address a social purpose in two strands. Uh, One strand of more or less straight history plays, and another a strand of instant satirical, rather dirty shows in collaboration with others. One uh, co-author is in the audience, Andy de la Tour. Um, My first satire, really, was a play called The Churchill Play, written 35 years ago. It's horrendous to have an artistic past suddenly in your late 60s. Uh, This involved, um, this was a deliberate attempt to write a dystopia, because when it was written 1973, 1974, there was a very uneasy feeling in the country that civil liberties were under threat, that union rights were under threat. And the play is a dystopia set in a prison camp in the future where uh, people have been rounded up and imprisoned uh, without trial. Horrible echoes down the 35 years. Um, It involved the presentation of a play about Winston Churchill, who appeared naked in a bath with Stalin, fighting over the soap which represented history. (laughs) It was um, deliberately done (laughs) as, as attempting to say, do not let freedom go. And the anthem line of the piece was, when did freedom go? When do you notice when it goes? So it seemed quite a rational undertaking to me. Watching the play 14 years later, being revived by the RSC at the Barbican, it appeared without any rationality whatsoever. (laughs) An incredibly psychotic outpouring (laughs) from this younger man in the early 70s. Whether it identified a narrative or not, I don't know. Another history play was about Byron and Shelley, and that was written in around 84, Thatcher triumphal years. And it tried to express a sense of exile. In the way it's my most successful play, it's the one that's been revived the most. It was about Byron, Shelley, and their circle, and their attempt at some kind of utopian summer in 1816 in Italy and Geneva. And um, that had the direct social purpose of saying, we are losing something. My Republican England is being lost. The people that you think, I was trying to say, you know, to to the, the new triumphal right, who you think are the great English poets actually were revolutionaries who were thrown out of this country, and a lot of people are feeling that now. It was written like that. What it is about now 
is really about the sexual politics of how Byron and Shelley treated their women. And that's what um, is jagged and comes out of the play when you see it revived now. It's transmuted. Then I have recently done two more history plays, in fact, three more history plays. Um, I wrote a play for California, for Janelle, actually, for her um, in, in Davis. This was a play called In Extremis and was about Abelard and Eloise and about the 12th century Renaissance in France when there was a you know, Renaissance broke out early in France with, with, with values of rationality, philosophy, uh, classical learning. And I was, <laughs> I was trying to address certain trends in um, California of uh, mysticism and of religious fundamentalism, which seemed to be gripping the country. And I was arriving from Europe. I mean, God almighty, we are, we are ambitious, you know. Uh, we, I was arriving from Europe saying, here is a statement of European values at their best. The play was revived at the Globe um, uh, two years ago um, in a new version. I, I rewrote it somewhat. Um, and looking at it in England, it was... I don't know how people read it. It was very successful it had some kind of longing coming off it. I think, again, for a rational, lost sense of idealism. I don't know. Then I wrote a play about, about Paul. This is the other history play, another history play, called Paul, which was on at the National Theatre through three years ago. And that was a direct attempt. I said, the social purpose of this play is to address the question, what is faith and how does its delusion grip people? And I tried to, to dramatize the origins of Christianity given one if, if Christ didn't rise from the grave. If he died, how did Christianity begin? And I wrote the play to, to, to try and address that. Um, directly addressing to incidents that were, 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 were going on in our, our developing in our country. Um, so they're the history plays. The latest one is called, was called Never So Good and was about Harold Macmillan. But I'll just come back to that in a moment. The other strand of trying to get some kind of narrative of, uh, of trying to address the, the nation. Now, I don't know whether these squibs, these satirical plays that I've been involved in, in collaborations, which are like a whole genre we were trying to invent, um, instant response to things that are happening. The first one was called, um, was called, well, it wasn't called Ditch the Bitch. They wouldn't let us, uh, they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't let us say that. Um, it was, it was called A Short, Sharp Shock, and um, packed, out the theater, packed out the Royal Court, the Stratford East. But what was interesting was it generated an enormous amount of heat. Um, the then Arts Minister apologized in the House of Commons for public money being spent on it. Um, a backbencher went for it, uh, a dear old crusty sod, and um, the actors took a telegram this size to him, thanking him 
um, stood for a photo opportunity for the Evening Standard outside the House of Commons, you know. I mean, all this was in a way as important as the play. And indeed, when Andy and uh, um, we, 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 we did a thing called Collateral Damage, which was about the war in the Balkans. And uh, then, Tarek, then we did a thing called Snogging Ken, which was, <laughs> which was about Ken Livingstone's first, uh, elect his first election. Um, and I did a big show with Tarek Ali called Ugly Rumours at the Tricycle Theatre, which um, we were very pr proud of and had satisfyingly appalling critical reception. Um, um, whether those, that is a way of addressing a national narrative, satirical instant plays. It's very interesting that Ugly Rumours failed because uh, we made a mistake in that we were both, we knew that we knew and a lot of journalists knew that Brown and Blair hated each other. The Blair government had been in office for one year and we dramatised that hatred. It was at the core of our plot. Michael Billington in The Guardian accused us of making it up so that we had something to dramatise. In other words, we were ahead of the, the time. And um, Terry Jones, the Python um, actor, writer, said the difficulty was we were trying to do two things that you can't do in a satire. We were trying to tell people something that's true and then take the piss out of it at the same time. <laughs> and by, you know, telling creative lies and extreme, you know, comedy. And you can't do the two together. Now, my last history play, I don't know if it's going to be the last, certainly the latest, was called Never So Good. And I set out to write another satire, really, to make, to make another piece, 35 years after the Churchill play. I thought I will address the Tory party and try and write a play about the Tory party. And I found, I thought, the way into this is to look at their, their, their roots, the people who founded the 20th century post-war um, Conservative Party. So I fastened on the figure of Harold Macmillan. And dear conference, I got seduced. <laughs> the sense of social purpose behind the play, which was destroy the Tory party, <laughs> I put aside. And I began to get interest. I thought, I will follow this man. This man's arc means something. And I didn't know what it meant. And when I finally finished the play and saw it on in the, in the theatre, I suddenly realised what it was about. Without having ha written it with a purpose, really. It was about how, in social democracies, an elite functions how it's done behind closed doors, how, how democratic politicians fail, how they're ahead of their time and then they're behind it, 
how they dream of coming to power for years, like Eden. Eden was almost embarrassing on the stage because it's Brown's story. You know, years of being the one with his own cabal, he is going to be the great prime minister. Eden comes to power, he's a disaster. Into the drinks and the pills, same thing is going on at number 10. You know, if you talk to certain journalists. <laughs> but it was by accident. So I think <clears throat> whether these plays, and the plays of my contemporaries, because many people followed this play, this, 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 this line of writing. I mean, the later, I mean, I think of uh, David's last play, David, David Hare's last play, Gethsemane, which was hit by apparently being out of date. It was a play about the Labour Party, but it seemed to be out of date and got ill-received in some quarters because of that and said, well, you know, it's, the news has moved on. I think maybe later it will look like a very, very good play about the history play about our time, and about, or at least about the Labour Party, as it has been in the last three or four years. But I thought, you know, did Shakespeare deliberately set out to attack Puritanism with Malvolio and Angelo? Or was it in a curious, you know, caught the, the playwright's instinct to storytelling, to dramatizing now, something that will get the look from the audience now, which will get them to turn their face towards the play you're putting on, plugs you into the the zeitgeist, and by accident, Shakespeare writes, measure for measure in a way, by accident or just by instinct. You know? And I came across this quote by Shaw, not young, but quite early in his career, when he'd written a whole si a number of brilliant um, uh, 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 social plays, plays with strong social purpose, Mrs. Warren's Profession, for example. And I came across this in his biography, which I'm reading at the moment, and um, Michael Holroyd's very, very superb book. Um, he's, he writes this, Shaw made the decision to write no, no more plays with a social purpose and to become a writer of plays with no purpose, except, quoting, Sure here, except the purpose of all poets and dramatists, that is, plays of life, character, and human destiny. And I think in my late 60s, that's where I am now. Hopefully by mistake, some plays will still s tell the national story by instinct. I wouldn't say destiny, I mean, as Shaw would, I'm not a follower of Nietzsche as he was. I'd say human predicament. Thank you. This conference was supported by the School of Theatre Performance and Cultural Policy Studies at the University of Warwick, Warwick Arts Centre, the Humanities Research Centre at the University of Warwick, and the Department of Drama and Theatre at Royal Holloway.